Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are we recording? Are we recording now? I'm recording, yeah. He's been doing the stretches. Yeah. So why did we watch this? Well, so... (laughs) It's not a horror film. And it's it, it was moderately shot in horrific everything. bits. Well, I was um, thinking. I've seen more horrific bits in like the bill. I think yeah. I was watching um, <laughs> at Christmas time. There was a lot of home stuff on Twitter, mm. and I think yes. I put a thing on Twitter saying, "Are there any?" Uh, yeah, I remember Holmes films which could legitimately be seen as as horror films. Mm. And I think yeah. this is the one which was like the consensus of opinion oh. amongst people on and, Twitter and. How many people was that a consensus between? Oh, I can't three? remember now. Probably three people. Yeah, yeah you can. Two, two or three people, <laughs> so like that. Great. Yeah. So I just thought oh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna find those three people personally, and I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your decree? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Um, it's it's not horror. No. It's not British. It is. It's, it's a British <laughs> well, it's, 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 co-production. Well, it's as British as like um. Raiders of the Lost Ark is British or something like that that was filmed mainly in Britain, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So uh, can we can we what can we do one on Raiders of the Lost Ark? That's got more horror <laughs> in it than this. Yeah, we could do. Uh, you know, but um, when it's at the back end of the uh, the long, ever growing list. We know. need to do a Quatermass because I see there's a lot of Quatermass stuff rub- uh, bubbling under, isn't there? On, yeah, uh, they're social doing, media. They're doing a live thing, aren't they? Is this? Mm. 75 years 70, of Quatermass. Yeah, the first one, yeah. We haven't done the Good first God. one yet. So. Well, that's the one we should do because that's the best one. Well, the film, mm. we can't do the TV one because I don't... Does it exist? I don't, don't even so. know, actually. We did, but like, the film, the film's brilliant. We could brilliant. do the live one, couldn't we? Yeah. I'm wondering why my eyes look so small. And <laughs> this is so far away. <laughs> I, look ri- I look awful tonight. Oh, God, I, I just no. look at myself in the mirror. Right, <laughs> right, we, okay. Get into it. All right, let's, let's do yeah. this. Let's, let's do this. Here we go. In Britain, an ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are. The General Witch Finders.
Um, ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome back once again to the 37th episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth in southern England. Uh, I'm John Pountney, aging rapidly by the hour by the sound of it. If we've done 37 of these, mm. that's mm. at least uh, 134 hours we've probably spent doing this podcast. Yeah. If we spent two hours per episode. If you think it takes me double or three times as long to edit each to one. To edit well. it. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, um, you love it, Ross. I'm John Pountney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't complain. It's all I live for. <laughs> yeah. I'm John Pountney. I'm still alive and I'm in South Wales, which is still in the south of Wales. And I'm Ross in Dorchester in southern England. And this time we witnessed murder by... Murder, by London, 1888. The fogs of autumn have settled in. Silence hovers over the city. Not the silence of night, but the silence of fear and murder. Murder by decree. Something stalks the streets. Something possessed of animal cunning and fury. Something nameless and incomprehensible. Out of the vortex of murder spins an ever-spiraling web of bizarre clues. Only one man can unravel that web. That man is Sherlock Holmes. I understand you know something of the Whitechapel murders. I have seen the man known as Jack the Ripper. Have you found the body? It was in this posture, just as it is now. Yes. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson plunge into the Victorian underworld, seeking the answers to the most puzzling case in the annals of crime. Who is Jack the Ripper? There is not now, nor has there ever been a danger to the monarchy. That thought existed only in the minds of the three men in this room. Your intrigue simply served the disaffected radicals. Why is the Prime Minister of England interested in this case? Why are agents of the Crown killing witnesses? Why indeed, food for thought. And why feed us information in such a bizarre fashion? More important still, who killed Makins and why? The official word is that the Ripper is a madman. If that is so, why is Scotland Yard trying to stop Holmes' investigation? Why does he let them keep you here? Who is the woman weeping in the asylum? What is it that generates such fear and passion? At last, Sherlock Holmes knows the answers, and the weight of a nation is brought to bear against him to keep him from revealing the incredible truth. Christopher Plummer and James Mason in definitive performances as the master detective and his faithful friend Watson. In a story inspired by ten years of research that at last reveals the identity of history's most elusive murderer. A conclusion that has shocked the world. An answer too bizarre to be true. A stunning cast brought together with an astonishing story set against the sweep and grandeur of Victorian London to bring you one of the great screen entertainments in the classic tradition, Murder by Decree. So, Murder by Decree is a 1979 mystery thriller directed by Bob Clark, the director of Not Children. Horror. 
<laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> Director of Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things and Dead of Night. Not the brilliant black and white British film from 1945, which we featured in episode 13, but the 1974 American film where a young soldier killed in the Vietnam War inexplicably shows up at his family home on the night of his death. He also, did, <laughs> he also directed Black Christmas, Porky's, as we discussed, and we may come on, come on to this again later, and Porky's 2, <laughs> as well as... The Karate Dog and Super Babies, Baby Geniuses Two, cruelly pipped for the pa- for the Palm Door that year, yep. I believe, by uh, Roman Polanski's Revulsion. Yeah, <laughs> I, <don't know> <laughs> I reckon um, Roman Polanski would have been into Baby Geniuses. Wait, right? oh. oh, a little bit of satire, right? <laughs> so, <that> mur- <laughs> Murder by Decree was written by playwright John Hopkins, who scripted the Bond film Thunderball. Uh, of course, remade as Never Say Never Again. That you know, never, because of that, that never, that... never say never again. <laughs> never on. on TV yesterday, and made me reassess what I thought about Tenet. And I thought Never mm. Say Never Again was a better film than Tenet. I think you probably, <laughs> I would agree with that. The much more glamorous use of speedboats yeah. and big yachts, and I just thought this is better than Tenet. It's got more charm. Yeah. It's got the. Bond girl in the Renault 5 mm. that explodes, but there's only a <laughs> shoes left. Yeah, and, I can't and, remember. And Tenet ended before he even got the part in, in um, Doctor Who, didn't it? So that joke would have been Way better on. if I right, okay. got it right. I will cut that out. That's kind of shit. All right, carry okay. on. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Who and David Tennant. Tennant. Oh, Tennant. Tennant. It, it was a poor pun, yeah. Josh. It was a poor It was pun. really, yeah. All right. Yeah, cut that <laughs> out. So, yeah. And the Alec Guinness TV version of Smiley's People. Hopkins referenced Conan Doyle's work, allegedly, particularly Holmes' deduction and science skills. Hmm. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Not really, but downplayed other aspects of the characters, such as Holmes' drug use, in favour of making them more likeable and human, and with a very wacky sense of humour. It's a very, very strange um, sort of depiction of Holmes, I thought. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Peter yeah. O'Toole was originally cast. Lawrence of Arabia himself was originally oh. cast as Sherlock Holmes, and Sir Lawrence Larry Olivier was cast <sighs> as Doctor Watson. But the two actors oh. had not worked well together in the past. Ooh, oh. that's, that sounds worthy of a bit of a deep dive. Mm. And were yeah. unable to overcome their differences for this movie. In other words, paycheck not big enough. <laughs> yeah. Rather, Holmes is pay, played by Christopher Captain Von Trapp Plummer. And Dr. Watson is played by James Mason. And I've made a note of this. I was like, does everyone, do you guys do a James Mason? If you do a James Mason impression, you just say his name. James Mason. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he's the only high point in this entire film. I like the high point. He was brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Plummer described... That was then, by the way. Uh-huh. Okay. Right, okay. Plummer described by IMDb as perhaps Canada's greatest thespian, turned down the role of Gandalf in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy, oh. which I, I don't know how much of this is of re- relevance to what we're talking about here. <laughs> I was just padding out a that yeah, Clearly, there's a lot of padding going on here. Yeah. Right, and then it says... Two hours of material. Yeah. Questions for James and John? Question mark. Christopher Plummer had two roles in common with Peter Cushing. Can you name them? No. <laughs> John? Um, uh, well, I presume, did he play Sherlock Holmes? Yes, correct. <laughs> okay. And did he play um, Van Helsing? Yeah, he was, in, he was Van, Helsing, Van Helsing in Dracula 2000. Oh, oh okay. 
Um, oh, I had something. I was grasping for something then, but then I forgot. Peter Cushing, the mention of Peter Cushing just, just sidetracked made, me. Just made you feel a little bit happier about doing this podcast. Yeah, I, well, I was thinking about his hair in Dracula AD 1972 <laughs> and then the rev- revelation that we think that it might have been a wig a all wig. along. For all, oh. <laughs> um, but but, but the, that does mean that that wig may exist somewhere and you make it to wear it one day. <laughs> I don't need to wear a wig, Cleve. Um, I was, I did read on Wikipedia, of course, mm. that the original TV series and book that this was based on, mm. was written by a man from Kamaman, which is where the stereophonics also come from. Ooh. Which is pretty high-end knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember his name, but he was at the BBC the same time as Sidney Newman, um, TV's Doctor Who um, creator, showrunner in yeah. modern parlance. Is it- um And they worked together as colleagues. And then, and then I think he... Stephen um, Knight. I was about to say, yeah. Really? Yeah, mm. that's what it says down here. He wrote the um the book, The Final Solution. And no, it's not that one. Oh, okay. oh. it's and it's a Welsh on... name, like oh. Emlyn. Oh, okay, okay. Hang on. Well, I was going to say Newt. more on that, and also, dear listeners, more on that uh, shortly because I'm holding in my left hand a copy of Alan Moore's From Hell, yes. oh. and not 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 the collected one. Oh no. Like like the comic comic book guy in The Simpsons, I have all the original issues. So, so the, the, this is the uh, the epilogue, Dance of the Goal Catchers, which will be of interest to us shortly. Yes, oh, I, I I reread um oh, the first half of From Hell. Yeah, as a, uh, brilliant preparation for this. Okay, back back to back to your back to your introduction, Ross. Yes. Okay, so it says James Mason reportedly once saved the life of Max Bygrave's son. <laughs> At a party at Judy Garland's house. Wow. The boy fell into the pool and Max did not notice. James Mason did. <laughs> shade on that. Yeah. I want to tell you a story while my son drowned. So James Mason did and fully clothed, jumped into the water and pulled him out. He was scheduled to pay. <laughs> I did say pulled him off. Oh, yeah, no, that right. was Barry Moore. <laughs> hey! He was scheduled to play James. There's a lot of that already tonight. He was scheduled to play James Bond in a 1958 television adaptation of From Russia with Love, which was ultimately never produced. Later, Ooh, what's Max Bygraves? <laughs> <laughs> You're a pink toothbrush. I'm a, I'm a yellow toothbrush. <laughs> I wrote. Do you know Max Bygrave wrote the introduction to the infamous uh, autobiography of the Crankies? No, that one. Yeah. <laughs> But they revealed that they were swingers, and that's when lately when people got those t-shirts saying "I swang with the crankies." Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the asides that people listen to this podcast yeah, what's for. Max Bygraves, have... did, he, did he live in Bournemouth? He did, Ross. Yeah, that was. An, it was Max Bygraves and Keith Harris. Who was like, yes, you might yes. see them yes. at some point. This yes. is what I was uh, mentioning you to to you two the other night when Frankie Howard was on. Mm. That it brought the seed of the memory back into my yes. mind that I'd heard. A vaguely apocryphal stories about Frankie Howard in yes. the late nineties, mm. um, which I slightly misremembered. But um, yeah, Max Bygraves was on talking about um, Frankie Howard. While Frankie Howard was still alive, mm. very obviously swerving any mention of the fact that Frankie Howard was a homosexual, mm. Se- telling stories about yeah, oh, um, to remember his lines at night. 
he'd go out walking uh-huh. and he'd and he'd end up in cemeteries. <laughs> and he'd be there. He'd be there sat on a gravestone. And I'd say, What what were you doing in that cemetery, Frankie? And he's like, Oh, I was re- I was rehearsing my lines. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Right. Okay. So we, we, let's, let's, let's try and get this, this vehicle back onto the road here. Right. Yeah. So uh, what it says, though, is later, despite being in his 50s, Mason was a cand- contender to play Bond oh, in Doctor Bond. No before, yes. of course, Sean Connery was cast. Mm. Um, he later turned down the role of Hugo Drax in the James Bond film <sighs> Moonraker, which went My to Michael Lonsdale. In his autobiography, in spite of myself, Plummer noted that Mason was the best Watson he had ever seen and that his death halted a proposed furthering of their on-screen partnership. Oh. I wonder if they would have solved any other real-life crimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really solved. Just solved Him, around. Liam Brady. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, do yeah. Well, they, should have done, they should have basically just done a series of Ripper-themed yeah. movies. Yeah, Peter <laughs> Sutcliffe. The... Um, the the writer of the original material is called Elwyn Jones, who was born in 1923, oh. 100 years ago, in wow. Kamaman. Created Zed Cars, Softly, 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 Task Force. And then he did a thing called Jack the Ripper, which I've never heard of, mm. where Stratford Johns and Frank Windsor, the characters from Zed Cars, mm. playing slightly different roles basically the same roles under different names reinvestigate the Jack the Ripper crimes. I'd love to watch this. It sounds absolutely mental. So it's basically a fictional drama about two characters from Zed cars with slightly different names reinvestigating. What have you got, James? Well, I was about to say from Dance of the Gold Catchers, right? If I I hold it up, you see there's a screenshot from it, John. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see Stratford Johns there, yeah. Yeah, and what it says, what Alan Moore says is the following year. Um, so uh, the following year, the BBC broadcast a drama documentary, Jack the Ripper, in which fictional TV detectives Watt and Barlow ruminate upon the murders. Mm. So there's our first crossover. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, he was the he was the man that kind of originated the idea for this film, but mm. not the idea of Jack the Ripper versus um, Sherlock Holmes, because yes. that was a film called uh, Study in Terror, which was mm. made in 1965. Okay, maybe we could have done that one. okay so the film also finished it features david hemmings who of course is my best best known for blow up which weirdly enough i found out odd aside i only found out years later the famous okay john you i know john john would have said john you've seen blown up blow up haven't you not for a long time. Oh. Well, you know Maybe he famously twenty three years. He <laughs> takes a uh, he takes a picture of a woman in in the park, and the then it park, looks like yes. there's 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 a murder in the background and what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, where he yeah, takes yeah. the picture of her was around the corner from where I lived in my third year no as an undergraduate. <laughs> I only found out years later. Literally, I could have walked there in thirty seconds. I was like, I had no idea. Anyway, you could have so probably he... written an article about that for Sight and Sound, James. I, I, I bloody could, John. Anyway, God, always in the wrong place at the wrong <laughs> time. So I came. You just put one of those in this morning. So sorry, you've. Uh... Uh, Ah, damn, damn it. Anyway, so yeah, so David Hemmings was also in Deep Red, Barbarella, of, co- of course, and then Gladiator. But and then <laughs> Ross has also mentioned that he was in Magnum P.I. and Elf. I don't think when I don't think when he, when he sort of shuffles off this mortal coil, people will be talking about his guests. He's got his long gone, James. Is he? 
Well, again, yeah, well, that's used to me. Well, there you are. Yeah, he was um, very bloated at the end. Oh, wow. Well, there you are. All right, so uh, the, the, the curse of the movie Gladiator and people getting bloated up continues. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, a lot of people got hurt in the um, making the sequel, aren't they? The other day. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah, cursed. Yeah. Cursed. We don't get cursed movies anymore. No. No. I used to enjoy a good old cursed movie when the people yeah. used to go on about that. Right. Anyway, and then we, it's also got Anthony Quayle, who's in Lawrence of Arabia and The Guns Have Never Owned, as Sir Charles Warren. Sporting uh, some amazing. Amazing. Hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Just... Absolutely. And looking very frightened at all times. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then Frank Finley, who was in Life Force and The Three Musketeers as Inspector Lestrade. Mm. And then Genevieve Bujold, in a very odd turn, as Annie Crook, the pivotal character in this piece. Susan Clark as Mary Kelly and lovey John Gilgood. They didn't get Larry Olivier, but they did get Johnny Gilgood in. Steals as, it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in to classy up the production, doesn't he? As Prime Minister Lord Salisbury. And then, of course, there is also Donald Sutherland as Robert Lees. Um, who at the start is uncredited. Is that right? He's not in the credits at the start of the film. I'm not sure. Because I... when he turned up in the film, I was like, what the fuck? I haven't seen Donald <laughs> Sutherland's name. He looks like he's off his tits on yeah. acid. As usual. And I also think he looks like he looks like he was in the band King's of Leon. <laughs> he, look, he looks like from the early years of the King's of Leon. He so looks like he's part... His sex is on fire. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot then, of syphilis about back then, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, and then Ross has also noted that the mighty June Brown um, appears as Annie Chapman. Uh, and really? June Brown, of course, was Doc Cotton from EastEnders. Yeah, apparently so. But, but I didn't notice her. But that's I didn't I notice her. Yeah, I, I did see one policeman who was Pete Beale. Oh, oh yes. Yes. From, uh, yeah. from TV's EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I, one look at this cast list and I thought the phrase, big drinkers <laughs> and i just thought every night after they'd wrapped they were all going down the pub weren't they and they oh, yeah. said in. that um christopher Plummer did film some of his scenes pissed i bet <laughs> uh, absolutely. you can tell yeah, you can tell because suddenly yeah. he'll either crack up yeah. or go mental yeah. at the drop the, the of a of laughing isn't just he? Yeah, yeah all these men were massive massive drinkers <laughs> like drinkers that the, the the kind of drinkers we don't see anymore <laughs> Um, recently I went to a wedding actually, mm. and there, and, um, there was a guy there and we all reckoned on him sinking at least 20 pints. Wow. Before, and we, we left before him where there were three full pints in front of him still, and he was on shots. <laughs> oh no. Oh, <laughs> and it was, I've how do, you afford, giant... how do you afford that now, though? But... Fuck, no idea. He was a giant of a man. He made you look like ah. a child, Cleves. I've never <laughs> seen such a <laughs> such a monster. His head was like um, like a mini. So they um... <laughs> He looked like jo- he was like Jaws. I think mm. he was Irish. The mm. Irish Jaws. Yeah, the Irish Jaws. <laughs> Right, so just to finish off, and also this will be a present. But we still haven't be... finished the intro. Oh, we haven't right? we even gone through the introduction oh, yet, John. There's a lot Jesus going on. Christ. Right, so just about, they, we, this is it, the final, final paragraphs, everybody. So it says, yes. the film's premise of the plot behind the murders is influenced by the book, Jack the Ripper, The Final Solution by Stephen Knight, who presumed that the killings were part of a Masonic plot. And mm. quick pause here, and for me to put in, I've already mentioned it, this is also, the main text cited and used by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell in their version of the Ripper story from hell. Mm. So interesting, right? Mm. Along with their other big influence as well is Whitechapel Scarlet Tracings by Ian Sinclair. But 
that that's that's neither here nor there right so um it says the original script contained the names of historical subjects sir william goal and john netley mm. so william goal is the man who they believe actually was jack the ripper the royal surgeon and john netley who was the coachman in the actual film they are represented by fictional analogues thomas spivey Gull and William Slade for Netley. The theory on the perpetrators of the killings is featured in another num- number of other Jack the Ripper themed fictions, including, as Ross says, From Hell. To give an idea of what other films were contemporary to this, in a documentary on the making of The Shining, James Mason and his wife, Clarissa K. Mason, pays a visit to their old friend Stanley Kubrick, who had directed Mason in Lalisa, of course. During the filming of this movie, when both movies were in production at Elstree, in this documentary, Mason could be seen wearing his Dr. Watson costume. Ah. While Kubrick is in his um, iconic Parker. Mm-hmm. Yes. In, in that, constantly. <laughs> you can imagine James Mason going up to him and saying, you won't believe the fucking shit. <laughs> What's this? It is well, I'm making a psychological horror that people will be talking about in three decades' time. They'll even do a documentary <laughs> about it. I'm doing a film that basically has no plot. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. and I've had to write a my own scene about a pee <laughs> <laughs> that scene i thought oh, it was going to hinge on that scene later no and it was like oh but. that would that's going to be an insight into like the mind of like jack the ripper or something but no, no but it was no. just never mentioned again <laughs> Yeah, and so Until it then says... 40 years later, when three me- middle-aged <laughs> three men... Three middle-aged <laughs> naked men. <laughs> right, so it says the replica 19th century Docklands set, which was very impressive. Yeah. Got some of the sets I, in this, I, I mentioned... I could watch spent a, a lot of money just on that fucking set. It was amazing. Yeah. It took two months and 50 men to construct at Shepperton Studios' largest soundstage. The set also included a replica muddy Thames River... Um, and also simultaneously Alien was was being shot which is Whoa. mad if you think about how Alien looks and how this yes. movie this film right. looks this like this is a David Peace novel older. that needs to be written isn't yes it? it does The Shining Alien and this all being oh that's brilliant that's I'm going to write this that's why I wanted to bring that up because I was thinking Ross, I wrote down, oh, this is a real film it looks looks like it's been well shot and everything but then you think what it was contemporary to it's yeah, so yeah. old-fashioned for, for yeah. what yeah, was being made alongside Incredibly old-fashioned. It. Yes. It's, it's but insane. it's not even... It's old-fashioned, but it doesn't have the tropes of, say, a Hammer version, which I was mm. expecting. Mm. Like, gaudy colours and Dutch angles and loads of blood and, like, cleavage. And mm-hmm. it's just mm. got nothing. It's really... And like, I, like I've said, it doesn't get going until the 90th minute. But imagine, at the which, cinema, you go, what do you want to go and watch? The Shining. Ooh. Um, alien, <laughs> alien or murder by decree these are they are so it's it's like if if, if someone showed me and said you know i would say there's about 15 years apart you know yeah it's it's it's, 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 it's yeah it's a very strange film so, so let's let's get into it let's mm. get let's get going so we start off with and i've put london in yeah. my notes, yeah. Alan, like the start of Danger Mouse. They go for that kind of classic Victoriana. <laughs> the sprawling metropolis. Metropolis of London at Someone the start. Someone was very, very proud of the model of London they made. Yes, we get a lot it, it, of shots it's, of that. It's a lot of screen time, but it looks more like Tudor London than Victorian London <laughs> yeah. to me. It's a really weird London where it's just flat except for like Tower Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. there's nothing there. And Big Ben, which is apparently just near Whitechapel, you know. Yeah. It's literally spitting uh, distance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the titles come in in the most lurid, a Palmer violet shade mm-hmm. of like you gothic can't call font, it purple. It? It's yeah. like a violet, yeah. like a gothic font. It's absolutely yes. 
And it's what the I most put, horrifying thing in the film, to be yeah. fair. Is that these days it's a font most most uh, <laughs> most associated with really chavvy tattoos. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you need to get like your child's name. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, we almost run a kid over today because he dropped out in front of the car. Right. As we came in the corner, and the mum was like, Maverick! <laughs> oh! <laughs> so so I, I said, imagine did, if we killed a kid called Maverick. Maverick. Did you not double back on yourself and just finish him off for being called Maverick? <laughs> but you suppose you can't expect anything else from a kid called Maverick, can you? Just That's kind of, true. Well, yeah. He's out there. <laughs> right, so uh, our, our story begins in the uh, kind of, they, they give you like the foggy London town atmospheric setup. Mm. Yes. But the stop kicks in with the Royal Opera House. Mm. Yes. Um, although I've noted... That's not the Royal Opera House. My, my, you know, my sister, my brilliant sister Kate, worked at the Royal Opera House in the 1990s. And no I'd often go and meet her. Yeah, yeah. And I'd go and meet her there for lunch. And I'll tell you right now, that's not the Royal Opera House, wherever that is. It looks, it looks more like um, it looked more like Charing Cross Station. It's oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not the Opera House. Anyway, um, and then we go in and we find that, first of all, I've noticed that there's a ridiculously oversized Union Jack. Yeah. Which is sort yeah. of thing you Hang had, John had um, pegged up in, in that college. church hall when we were at college, yeah. where he had yeah, his yeah, yeah, crucified yeah. on. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's okay. Right. And um, we we then see, we're introduced to Holmes and Watson, who are taking in a night at the opera. And um, when, the, uh, when Prince Eddie, heir to the throne, yeah. turns up, the proletariat yeah. start booing him. Booing. He, get, he starts getting booed, and we're told in it's because he... Yeah, well, we're told that he can't he can't keep it in his trousers. And what I put is, well, you know, it's that well-known bastion of the proletariat, mm. the Royal Opera House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Even the cheap seats, yeah. you yes. need to have a mortgage to go to. It make it makes no sense at all. And but we're we're also we're introduced to Holmes and Watson at this point, mm. and they mention Lestrade yeah. in a way that kind of presumes, I thought, that the audience already knows. Who, who everyone is in what, this film. I think one of the things they put in the um, marketing for this film, this is the 137th feature film about <laughs> Tones of Watson. So yeah. I think they got a, they, they can kind yes. of sort of assume yes. people we, know we, we, we don't need <laughs> yeah. an origin. Yeah. It's, quite, yeah, it's quite weird. I just thought that was weird that it was like, it's like you pick off, pick up from somewhere else, yeah. from another like adventure or something, which mm. at that point charmed me. Mm. But then as the film progressed, I was like, God, but you um immediately you, for me it was yeah. like well this is a different kind of um, home since I'm I'm used to I'm mm. kind of yes. used to the kind of, a little bit um autistic good kind of a little bit standoffish a little bit frightening you know yeah um but this is just like a, 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 a version bon of home. yeah he's just mm. constantly like smirking to himself and, yeah. and taking the piss out of everyone yeah. yes. Maybe a little bit pissed, right? By enough, like small um, plumber than than Holmes. Than anything else. Well, yes. also, I noticed as I was watching it, I did think, "Oh, this might be quite, good, you know, quite thin gruel here we're having to consume." And just I thought, <laughs> pe- people booing the Royal Opera House, people booing the ro- people booing at the Royal Opera House. Why is why is that clicking something in my mind? And I went through the old mental ro- Rolodex, i.e., yeah. the internet, and I checked. I was like, "Ah, that's it." And I thought our audience might enjoy this. So from tenth of November, twenty twenty two. Audience member banned from the Royal Opera House after he loudly booed child singer oh, during no area. Yes. And it says Covent Garden said it was appalled by the behavior of a heckler who disrupted the opening night performance of a 12 year old singer in Handel's uh, Alcinea. The Royal Opera House has announced an individual is banned from attending their theater following a disruption. Um, the It says uh, Makalai M. Bio was on the Covent Garden stage debuting in the role of Alberto in the 
opera. The young singer was performing an aria in the second act when the audience member sitting in the house's amphitheatre began to heckle. Before the end of his aria, as Bayo exited the stage, the man shouted, Rubbish! <laughs> and loudly booed. Oh. After initial gasps in disbelief at the outburst, the opera house quickly erupted in loud and sustained cheering and applause for the young singer. They did start going, um, God save his royal highness. Royal highness, yeah, but that's what I mean. It was it was some of that. Yeah. And and it has and you know, since the you know the guy's been banned for life, but the whole kind of boo rubbish at the Royal Opera House, I thought, you know. <laughs> I thought people might find that interesting, yeah. but anyway, there you go. Um, yeah, so after this, it then cuts to, doesn't it? Bang. We we cut back to what I put, Ripper Cam. Yes. We so, sort of yeah. get it like, from Jack the Ripper's so, point of view. Fish, so I quite like this bit, because this is probably the most horror bit in it. It's like the mm. fisheye lens, yeah. the, sort of the Jaws music playing as a sort of like yes. the, mm. the, the Ripper sort of breathing as he's sort of looking through his... Um, Poor his victim. And he's got weird eyes, hasn't yes. he? I thought it yes. was like, uh. Not sure why he's got weird eyes yeah. at this I don't part. Know. Yeah. Like huge contact lenses. Yeah. Yes. Never referred to again. No. No. <laughs> no. Odd. And then, yeah, so, so we does see he him kill, strike. Does he kill anyone? He does. He does. Yeah. yeah, he strangles um, some um, old lady, in her, but they slow her down, so she ends up like... <laughs> oh, yes! Yeah, this is what I said here. Um, uh, injudicious... Injudicious use of slow motion which they, they never use again either uh, do they at yeah. this point and the same with like the, um, the pov that sort of comes and goes as well sometimes yeah you see yeah that well they, they use a pov but then when he's strangling the woman she doesn't look into the camera which is meant to be his eyes she looks to one side which mm. doesn't make sense oh for god's well, sake but, but, uh, that's, but although, that's there are, although there are two killers so she might be looking at the uh, uh don't give away the twist Cleve, which <laughs> which do. isn't even <laughs> like signposted yeah, as a twist yeah, all, or men- kind all of... mentioned after it's yeah because it's like well there's two jack the rippers that's quite a good twist isn't it but yeah. actually they're just like blah 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 blah, blah in a courtroom <laughs> at the end and then it's like bye bye <laughs> <laughs> Holmes has a cry and they play some sad music, music yeah. which is weirdly discordant. Yeah. We'll get onto the music yes. later, inevitably. Right, so then what happens is so the uh, the the opera kicks out and a, a thing which I'm not sure ever used to happen. Uh, n- newspapermen run up to members yeah. of the audience while they're still in the opera with flyers house. And, yeah. and give give them away. They're yeah. not taking that, money. You that as well. I put the only person who paid for them is Watson, <laughs> yeah. the sucker. Yeah. Everyone else takes one. <laughs> I really like this Watson though. I think he's like yes, yes. I, I I believe he would give them some money for it because he seems mm. a, a jolly sort. And a, a good, it's quite. A, a good it's egg. often quite a thankless, um, thankless role, Watson, mm. isn't it? And but he did say think, that um, he, he said he would only do it if he wasn't a, a bumbling fool. Well, yeah, and the, and the whole scene which we come into later with with the P was something he added himself to try, try and oh. give him something. Okay, to do. Weird. Okay, wow. so so yes, Imagine that's the thing that you introduced, <laughs> guys. I've been thinking, I've got this amazing what's idea. My, what's my motivation here? <laughs> I've got this bit that shows how kind of um, incisive I am when I can't stab a pee. <laughs> and Holmes comes and squashes it. Yeah, <laughs> theory me. So yeah, we it's established very quickly that we're in the midst of Jack the Ripper's reign of terror. Mm. Two people have already been killed, um, uh, and. 
as it stands at the moment, no one has asked Holmes to help out. However, that situation mm. very quickly changes when he gets a visit from what I've put the, is the non-existent shopkeepers committee. Yeah. Like, I doubt this thing. He's like, we're here from the, the committee of shopkeepers of East London. I was like, oh, I very much doubt that ever existed. This is just for plot expedience, isn't it's it? Like- and. Class warfare, mate, isn't it? They yeah, come yeah, in yeah. And like, So oh. he t- he turns up. So these guys turn up at Downey uh, at Baker Street and then say, "Look, Sherlock Holmes, please help. This is really, really bad. Um, it's it's start. It's affecting our businesses. Which again, if you know anything about the Jack the Ripper crimes, and well, I'm going to come on to talk about um, the amazing book, The Five by Haley Rubin, yep. which yes. everybody should read. Really Everyone. Good. More on that later. Yep. But if you know read any books like that, you realize it's like. <laughs> what east london and Whitechapel were like the murders had no effect on the area whatsoever so again this like really odd fake image of what london was like at the time was that it's just odd. a household mm. yeah yeah <laughs> it was just wrong, um, so yeah. he then says okay yep all right i'll, I'll start looking into it yes. and then we we get kind of like some of his original like Holmesian thoughts about who could be behind it None of it really comes to anything, does mm. it? Um, and then kind of the uh, Jack the Ripper strikes again. He kills yes. a, a gin a soaked lady, you know, as we were saying earlier, like, oh, come here, dearie. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. You know, um, so he strikes again. And then uh, it kind of cuts to Watson having a lovely sleep. And sort of Holmes wakes yeah. him up at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And basically says, wake up. Come on, we're going. We're going to go look at it. And I, I've just put, I'd be really pissed off if I was woken up at three o'clock in the morning. It's like, <laughs> go can look you at not go and have a look feet. and tell me about what you found? <laughs> and talk about it. I'm really comfy. Oh, yes. man. But then he's um, constantly, I've, I've written down here that Holmes is constantly, oh, and, and other characters, constantly sort of implying that um, Watson is a bit of a ladies' man. And, yes, and, mm. and they're kind of like it's sort of teasing them about it. I, I but you don't see that at any point either, do you? No, apart from. And um, also, one thing I should add is that um, two two. It's it's obviously not Baker Street that they're in. No, I think no, everyone knows what Baker not. Street looks like. Yeah, it doesn't look like Baker Street at all, does it? It's a no, cul de sac. I've wrote that it looks more like Downing Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see what Downing Street's like for our, for our foreign. It's issues. a street. It's more like that. It definitely doesn't have two hundred and twenty-one residences in it no, yeah. because it's got about five houses in it <laughs> and then it's a dead end so it's yeah. maybe like 5b baker street yeah and, and the fact it's a b means it's it's like probably as in the um the, the gatis and moffat version it's above mm. a shop you yes. know mm. but whereas this is like he gets he got the whole of this mansion yes. pretty much he's yeah. living in right so they then turn up at the uh so Holmes now fully on the case turns up at the latest uh, killing and there's a, like a lot made of oh my god she's been massacred you know like her, her innards have been pulled out and things like that <laughs> and I have put down this is so, not that I'm just you know it, it, this is just uh, you know criticising for the sake of criticising but I did just put that that John Watson is supposed to be a, not only is he a medical doctor but he's yes. a veteran of the Afghanistan war isn't yeah. he and so yeah, when he's like exactly. oh I'm like <laughs> yeah. come on mate you would have seen way worse than that yeah way way worse that's Put right away, so, Sherlock. so yeah i found that didn't really kind of that was no. slightly discord i thought mm, yeah that that doesn't work for me but mm-hmm. still while he's looking at it and while he's like, oh what's going on here and is there something in the way that this woman has been carved up question mark yes and yeah. then enter sir charles warren and his facial hair Charles Warren turns up and he's like outraged. Holmes, what are you doing here? And again, he's like, well, surely he's, surely Sir Charles Warren 
real life, you know, Metropolitan Police Commissioner. Usually, if yeah. Holmes was a real guy, you would know that he solves virtually every well, case. Yeah, he's but, on. but they don't want him to. So, I think that's what I've, that's one thing I'd liked about this is that if Holmes was a, a realistic character, mm. yes, there would be a thing about why isn't he? Why hasn't he solved this crime? And I quite like the fact that it's a Masonic kind of um, yes. plot that they're trying to keep him out of it, so he doesn't. Is that it. is that yeah. explicit enough though, Cleves, or yeah. is it just like something you have to kind of make up for yourself? Oh, I kind of, I, because I felt like he was so Charles Warren was very much like we. I don't want Holmes on this case. Get him mm. away from here. Don't let him. Don't let him t- look at anything. But you don't have any kind of exposition. Why? No. He just yeah. comes in, and starts shouting, and all I think is here are some of Britain's greatest drinkers in the late twentieth century, mm. and they're all here. They're probably all pissed. Yeah. This is probably three o'clock in the afternoon, and it's the mm-hmm. first scene they've managed to get down. Yeah, they've all arrived. <laughs> for, they've all got there in time for. Yeah, but they're all pissed from the night before. Quite absolutely. So, yeah, <laughs> I've got nothing more, more to add to that. But yeah, so then what we get is we get the uh, the famous or the infamous um, graffiti that was found and removed mm. by. The, so this is uh, real. This is real life, yes. isn't it, James? Now? Which so is I'm quite and, interesting. And this is the point where I thought, oh, I'm going to have to bring up From Hell and talk about yeah. From Hell. Because what I felt was not knowing that, you know, that they'd taken Stephen Knight's book from this. I was like, this is really interesting that it's like a lot of the same elements from Hell, but remixed to the most beige <laughs> facts <laughs> as possible. So the whole Masonic conspiracy, um, you know, the, the police trying to cover things up, all of that stuff. Robert Lee's being involved. All of these things are in From Hell, but in a far more interesting <laughs> dynamic way yeah and like i don't know why lees is in this film it's just it he doesn't sort of like do it it doesn't what? explain like why is this this, well, this is the spiritualist guy yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but they don't explain why he's no. having visions and no and no. it doesn't help him solve and anything. then he's totally forgotten after 30 minutes or something no. like that is he yeah we got to that bit um, we're, we're coming up to it now yeah. we're coming up to it now yeah, but, but um, maybe the, let's talk about the um the graffiti though so the graffiti gets washed away by um Sir charles warren um, mm. Which Tony uh, Quayle, uh, but then um, uh, Holmes comes up with some special liquid, like, which it, makes it all like glow in the dark. It's yeah, the and, only bit of Holmesian deduction or kind of trick. It's not a trick though, is it? It's like mm. a scientific thing that he does pretty much in the whole film, which is yes. really disappointing. Yes. Because the main thing for me is Holmes comes into a scene and he says. Um, you came on the t- 9.15 from Paddington and the guy says, how? And he's like, well, I've seen the salt, the dirt on your shoe. Yes. You've got something on your cuff. And yes. you don't get any of that in this, which it really annoyed me because it's like, there is it's no like a deduction. low fat. Yeah, it, yeah. There's no, there's no deduction, deduction whatsoever. He just, just basically a gets a round. number of clues. Yes. He's just given a number of clues as if any normal policeman would. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know the way that this woman is being killed might mm. this be, signify something he he does know as you John, as you correctly said he does know a kind of log- logistical analysis at any point he does he his, um, follows he does the his, um, uh disguises though oh yeah we'll come on to that in a second because yeah. one yeah. disguise which yes. is which is good I always loved it when Nancy Brett did a disguise. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, um, what we're t- so we then get, after that, back at 221B Baker Street, we get the aforementioned P scene, which goes on for, it seems like, <laughs> days, where <laughs> where uh, Watson wants, is trying to get the last P on his plate, which is really, really odd with a fork. <laughs> 
And then kind of, I, I thought to start <coughs> off with, in the same way I think we've already mentioned, oh, we thought this may come into play later on. And mm. also, you know, there's, weirdly, it made me feel, think of, there's a really good sequence in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the film version, when um, they're driving along and there's a wasp in the car. Mm. And... Um, Spiley. No, no, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's fine. But first Tom, of all... Tom Hardy? No, not Tom Hardy. He's he's abroad. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, yeah. thank you. Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> is like desperately trying to hit this this wasp and get it out of the car. And George yeah. Smiley just simply just sort of lowers the window yeah. and the wasp flies out, you know, thus indicating the different methodologies mm, of the mm, two men. And exactly, I thought, oh, yes. Maybe this is going to play into their method. But no, it was said it was just a really <laughs> weird aside that goes yeah. on too long. Bizarre, isn't it? James Mason likes the feeling of the pea popping in his mouth. In his mouth. <laughs> right? And then we find out that, that it's very, very similar that there's a cockney version of deep throat isn't there like from the watergate <laughs> scandal and like in, in oh, watergate you're talking about a different deep oh, yeah, no no sorry as in the watergate scandal and in that way that bob woodward had to go and meet deep throat in washington car parks oh, yes, yeah. and follow the money mm-hmm. follow the money you know all of that business um holmes has to go down to the docks and from under the docks a cockney sort of shouts up clues to him <laughs> again no deduction going but on maybe whatsoever. think of the doc told- um uh set from the young Sherlock Holmes where they end yes. up having the fight with Moriarty on, on yes. The- yes but also an interesting aside smoking man in mm. x-files yes. who yes. is the kind of deep throat character played Sherlock Holmes in A Study in Terror. Oh, wow. The... Yeah. Right, all see ties that. together. See that? And I hope I... Mark Gatiss is listening to see what I did there. <laughs> Better and also, fucking listen now. <laughs> I, I, again, if people haven't seen Young Sherlock Holmes, watch Young Sherlock Holmes. It's we should, oh, we should it's have aged that. very, very yeah, well. It's far better this. And also, the, the first ever post-credit scenes that I'd ever seen, yeah. and Ooh. still one of the best. Yeah, I'm if getting, you haven't I'm seen goose, it, watch it. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's amazing. Oh, is that when he, oh! he signs his name, Moriarty? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to okay. turn around and get my other glass of wine. Hang on, okay. carry on with okay. me. I'm going to do the same. Wine break. Hi, it's Ross from the General Witchfinders. Did you know that I also do another podcast with my friend David? Hello. No, I like headphones before that. You're not taking this seriously, Ross. David and I do our own supernatural research and investigations in our home county of Dorset. So, if you think that's up your street, why don't you give it a listen? It's Dark Darset, D-A-R-Z-E-T. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's not that. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh. Yes. So where are we up to with the film? Lees. Right, okay, yeah. Enter, enter oh, Lees. Yeah. But the, um, I've got to say that it's a hard film to follow, isn't it? Because it is. you're not really... It's not really signposted what the motivation of the characters for are mm. for yeah, each yeah. next step. So it's like, well, we're we going to go and see this fucking dude now yeah. that's uh, telepathic. It's, because, it's yeah. because he's not solving the crime. Yeah, no. that's the, that's the thing. There's, yeah. no, there's no kind of like revelations. To yes. say, or oh, this clue is leading me to this this deduction. And I or- want Sherlock Holmes to get some dust on the floor, lick it, taste mm. it, and say. The murderer is, is yeah. X, mm. and then you're like, "Wow, oh, how's he gonna? You know, how's he gonna prove it?" And yeah. then he proves yeah, it, and you're like, "Wow, this is amazing." Which is Sherlock Holmes. Whereas this, you can easily I, replace Sherlock Holmes with any just normal yeah, detective, that's the thing, and it James. the same thing. Because it's a great idea initially to have um, the same Sherlock Holmes in the same universe as Jack the Ripper murders. And I did, I looked earlier, and I think the first. Sherlock Holmes was a year before the actual Jack the Ripper murders, mm. which was 1887 and 1888. Mm. So they are yes. direct contemporaries. So it's it's a great idea. But then in this case, it's just pissed up the wall mm. to use a uh, yeah. but what, uh, what Boris to Johnson. Do uh... <laughs> but what you want to happen is them to both to go through a time portal so like 1989 London. <laughs> and and be, be played by Data and Picard. Yeah, and just be chased, chased around London. <laughs> For some reason, and I don't know why, I just thought the Biggles yes. would be there. <laughs> what, why, yes. thought, what have you With done Peter to me Cushing. subconsciously to make me think of the Biggles movie? <laughs> Which essentially that's what happens, doesn't they? Yes. Do you want to be a um, hero, hero? So maybe we should watch um, A Study in Terror mm-hmm. and see... How that fares with mm. with we we'll do that on episode forty seven. Yeah, okay. Jesus. So, <laughs> do, so the deep throat Cockney tells Sherlock Holmes <laughs> that he needs to go and speak to Robert Lees. Mm. Now, Robert Lees was a real life person. Again, as with many of these characters, really involved with the Jack the Ripper case. He oh, was really? a psychic in inverted commas. Yes, who um, was Queen Victoria's psychic. And in and he was of course also apparently he was from Bournemouth, yeah. Oh. So you know one of the weird t- links and ties mm-hmm. that Bournemouth yes. has to the Jack the Ripper case, um, yeah, 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 because yeah. also in real life the the guy who was on the case Aberline he was what? from Dorset. Mm. Abilene was was Dorset was a Dorset native, and so from hell starts off with the pair of them on the beach at Bournemouth mm. when they're oh, old yes. men. 
It does, of course. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I haven't read but, it for years, but um, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. So, but so by the way, so he then goes to see Robert Lee's, and I, what I have put is, is Robert Lee's house is lovely. Mm. If ever I win win the lottery, I want a house like that. It's a huge, well, it's a proper house, Georg- not a set, isn't it? Yes, and yes. it's like a Georgian sort of three story affair. It's it's lovely. Anyway, as we mentioned at the start of the or close to the start, by the time Ross is finishing editing this, it's going to turn up. But still, Sutherland turns up, and he's playing his acid casualty figure yes that you know he all look, kind of looks a bit spaced out slightly a bit like he would do in a few years afterwards in uh, kate bush's cloud busting video <laughs> <laughs> kind of that, that era i think uh, he's he said, a kind of interesting pre-figurement of tom baker's fourth oh, doctor yes yeah he's got that, he's, that he's like the watcher for the third doctor so he would have been becomes, a good american doctor wouldn't he he would have been a very good american doctor yeah i can see him with the scarf and the and the yeah he does point in this film as well, in the way that he points in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should say, I should, have, sorry, I should say Canadian, not American. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, Is he from okay. Canada? Yeah. Yes, I believe so. Wow. Yeah. So Lee's gives him some flimflam about how he's seen these murders <laughs> happening. And then when he was out on the street, he, he saw, saw him, him on an omnibus yeah. and, <laughs> and sort of chased him. It doesn't really kind of lead anywhere. Yeah. And, then he goes, but, and I know where he lives, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. So, odd. Just it's very, very, very strange. sense at all, does it? But at that but, point, Sherlock Holmes should know where he lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should have deduced it. But what yeah. we kind of get from it, I suppose if you're going to say anything is that it's kind of, he starts to figure out that, you know, like the killer is a part of London society. Mm. You know what I mean? He's not so kind of like, oh, okay. Um, and I suppose that then leads him to put two and two together with the um, the way that the last victim has been murdered. He then starts to go, okay, he may yes. be a mason. Yes. And then what we Which get is- Which is very from hell, is Dirty yes, James, again, yeah, totally, right. totally, yeah, totally, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, William, that's the whole thing, is that William yeah. Gull was in the Freem- Freemasons. And, and we're and, talking and about women. here specifically the graphic novel, not the really the boring Johnny Depp film. film. Oh, my God, the film's so bad. With um, so, so bad. the girl from uh, Gavin and Stacey. He- <laughs> really? Yeah, she's... Oh, I was about to say Heather she's a naked. She's a naked sex worker who goes mad, I think, in one of the... Um, Which are we never. talking about? Um, the main character. I can't believe I've forgotten her name. Stacey. Because she went to college with hell. Did she? Um, yeah, Queen, Queen Elizabeth from. Um, yes, what's her name? I don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> God, oh, this is what people listen. Three middle aged <laughs> and clutching. Oh, no, I can't remember the early North What's her name? <laughs> I just, I just I, remember I, I Ruth probably Jones. met her. I probably photographed, <laughs> I photographed her. her. <laughs> <laughs> what is her name, Cleves? Please help me. Alexa, who plays Stacy in Gavin and Stacy? Joanna Page. Joanna Page. Yeah. So it's Joe Page, who is, um, Joe Page is in From Hell. And it was, I think it was pre Gavin and Stacey. Mm. And at the time, I remember Hell was like, oh, Joe Page has got a part. And then when we watched the film, you she was like this bald. Yeah. She was like this bald mad woman in, wow. um, in Bedlam or somewhere like that. But mm. um, yeah, the Johnny Depp film is a bit of a no, I, 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 shit I'd out, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah, don't, 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 don't watch it. Anyway, what this is the first point where I've written in my notes. This is mad. Nothing much is actually happening in this mm. film. And then what I've put is, 
In years past, I used to DJ. Normally on a Saturday night, I could be entertaining people, all dancing about and jumping up in the air through the power of music. Now I am watching a dreadful 70s Sherlock Holmes film for our podcast. Yes. I must be cross at Ross. <laughs> well, as I said, I'm not sure I can finish this because life is finite. Yes, I agree, Jim. And that sums up this film. Well, it sums up this film until 90 minutes in, which yeah. is when pretty much all Hammer films have finished by 90 yeah, minutes. A building's it's burning like, down at that point, oh, that point isn't it? hang on. Yeah, they yeah. suddenly have this conversation with um, David Hemmings, and you're like, oh, this has actually got interesting now. And then the last 20 minutes is quite good. What, the chase, but up to, the chase around? Yeah, but this, like, up to this point, we're, we're probably an hour in here, are we? Like we are. 40 minutes, an hour in? Well, an hour into the podcast. Just... <laughs> And we're just like, what is happening? There's no kind of, there's no narrative kind of rhythm drive. or kind yeah. of drive to the narrative. Right. It's just like, oh, let's go and see this um, spiritualist. And, and it's quite, you know, parts of it are interesting because obviously, I think ninety nine point nine percent of the population now have no idea how important spiritualism was to kind of the Victorian mm. oh, yeah. and Edwardian societies and if you read short stories from that time there's so many about kind of seances and people table tapping table table ta- and table spinning and all this mm. kind of stuff and you think oh this is going to be this part will be interesting now mm. but then it's totally just forgotten isn't mm. it yeah because nothing and, and donald yeah. sutherland is forgotten and it's like you've got yeah. donald sutherland you've got him in for a couple of days he's probably pissed as well mm. He's yes. probably heard these oh, piss heads are doing it. It's all gone. See those piss heads. I always think of him in um, The Eagle Has Landed, where he's very good with Jenny Agatha. Yeah. And uh, he's very charming in that. And then does he get machine gunned to death at the end or something, probably? <laughs> like Sid James. <laughs> like, yeah. right. So we get up to, and I put Holmes in disguise, Claxon. Yep. Because. Yeah. And, this is a big deal a high for me point in just once in my life I want to do this. This is I, I don't <laughs> have a I'm sweet. not I'm not someone who said like oh I want to go paragliding off off of the Grand Canyon or I don't want to do yeah, anything yeah, like yeah, madly yeah. madly uh, dangerous or anything like that. But just once in my life I'd like to go. Oh, could you help an old lady? <laughs> yeah. And, and have someone go, oh, yeah. no, my dear, um, I haven't got time for you right now. I'm supposed to be meeting someone. And then I go, I remove a false nose and go, yes. ha-ha, sir, yeah, it is I. Give someone a Just gotcha. once in my life. That would be yes. amazing. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Do it Come to on, DLT. Yeah. I don't know This man where. dies. If this is for real, this man dies. <laughs> One of my favourite things ever, of course. Um, it's not about kids, okay? <laughs> <laughs> And of course, one of my favourite press conferences of all time there. So yes, come on. Once again, universe. I don't know if there's much scope for a middle-aged. Where would you try and get into, teacher. James? I don't know, John. Because a lot just, of it would be seen as being inappropriate these days. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I've had enough. But I was trying to work out why he was doing it, and it was basically he wanted to go back and see these, but the police were stopping him from going. Him. Is, yeah. is but what, that, and what is that I true? Yeah. Because well, I have no I idea is, why he was trying to get in there. Yeah. And what I put is, this is totally unnecessary. He could just sneak around the back. Yeah. It's such a big house. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. just jump over the wall. But again, go, go they could back. have made more about the police trying to stop him. Yes. Um, well, they could, because I didn't know that was happening. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So he goes in then, and he, what happens then? They have a chat. 
they do and there's kind of it leads to oh um you know you might want to start having a look around this pub yeah. on dorset oh, street okay. whatever yeah, it's yeah, called, yeah. you know kind of and then homes okay, a, a, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah and then having found Jay this goes. out um <laughs> what's uh home says to watson Go and see if you can find out anything going on in this this pub to do with yeah. these ladies. Very these strange scene come up these, now. And yes, and then it's really really odd. Um, James Mason goes into the pub and gets basically propositioned by a couple of prostitutes. Yeah, um, but and it allows I, her just to feel him up for quite up. a long time. And then, then <laughs> well, you say well, feel up. She puts her hand on his leg. Yeah, and then and then it does agree to go down an alleyway of him. And um, right, Where okay. So what? So Watson? No, no, hold on. What, the Watson decides to follow this prostitute to try and get more information out. You know, down a back oh, alley. Yes, at yes, which point yes, yes, he is yes. then ensnared. They kind of close the gate behind him, and then she's like, "Oh, he was trying to fill me up." <laughs> you know, and and then um, the the line amazingly is, "Stay there, you pimp." <laughs> from James Mason and I've written that down stay there you pimp and then I've put Watson has got no time whatsoever for plebs in that he makes short work of this kind of woman's enforcer slash pimp with his cane and he's got a police whistle which I thought was quite cool Cool. and the music then goes (laughs) and some black exploitation guys come in and say hey man fuck you it's jive turkey but it's actually um, Pete Beale from TV's EastEnders one of the one of the launch cast, um, t- um, TV's grocer, um, Pete Beale, is one of the policemen. I got a vision of him uh, crying um, in my mind. <laughs> it must have been quite a um, impactful performance. Of, of you're of, not of, mixing of, him up with uh, Bill Treacher, are you? No, but I remember him crying as well. And um, yes, and smashing serious. all the stuff off the um, off the um, <laughs> mantelpiece. Yeah. And going yes, yeah. with Lock, um, locking himself in the outside toilet. I, I yes, because <laughs> he's stolen the, the Christmas Club money. Yeah, yes. So I'm looking at Pete Beale now. Pete Beale is a fictional character character yeah. played by Peter Dean. Uh, Peter Dean is still alive. He's eighty four. I like the I like wow. the way that when they started off that they lived in flats. They didn't live on yes on Albert Square. I yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of it got less and less. I remember the flats. Yeah, yeah, I remember the flats. Um, the sun says it, that what he looks him? unrecognizable now. He looks literally exactly the same as Pete Beale. <laughs> yeah, there, see, exactly he looks the same, the same as Pete Beale. They're obsessed with Pete. Like, Dreadful. They are obsessed. People should people like should that. remain Gosh. looking exactly the same all through their lives. Well, I, yeah. I, so I hate the vast majority of the British press anyway. Uh, but yeah, it, oh this God, this yeah. race for clicks, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, won't yeah, yeah, believe. Yeah. You must see. Oh, it's just scum so we've it's mentioned yeah. Pete Beale. Yeah. And last last episode, we mentioned Gillian Telforth. Oh, yeah, exactly. We're, we're pivoting his, to an East Enders TV. It's, well, that was his TV wife, wasn't yeah. it? It was, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah until yeah, Wilmot yeah, Brown yeah. ruined it all. <laughs> so tied in together. In the Dagmar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, remember when the Dagmar burned down? Dirty Den. <laughs> Nick, it's going to be more Nick Berry action. What, what, was, what was the name of Nick Berry's kind of like nightclub that he tried to get sort of... That he, that oh, he tried to get know. going. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's that's a good one, James. Hang on, go on. Cut this bit out as well. <laughs> 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 people die. 
No, no, leave Nick this berries. bit in, just cut, just cut the Googling out. What, is it real life or this character? No, 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 in his no, character. No, his character, yeah. Wixie, yeah, yeah. Wixie <laughs> sort of ran, he left <laughs> the Queen Vic. I don't want, I, this is the only time I ever watched EastEnders was during this sort of era. I'm, I, I, he I, left. I've written Whiskey. Like, as you said, I'd the say Wilmot this Brown. is about 87, 88, yeah. James. The so we're talking Christmas. quite a... Yeah, you know, Happy Christmas, Ange. You know, that yeah. classic ah, era. This my sweet. <laughs> I can't believe Grantham is dead. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. How do you spell Wix, Wixie? Because I'm writing Wixie. W-I-C-K-S-Y. Okay. What have you written, Cleves? Whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. 17 times. Yeah. It's a... Oh, I don't know what um, but now you've got my log into um, BritBox. You can watch all those episodes. Um, they're all on there. They're on there, are they? Yeah, they got the, the Christmas ones and stuff. Oh, I was thinking of watching Image of the Fendal. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, that's uh, with the glowing skull. Yes. What, okay, the, so I mean, it wasn't Joe Wicks. Um, oh, what's it wasn't Joe Wicks. What, what, what was it? it, it oh, Simon what? Wicks, he was. Yeah. It's Simon Wicks, yeah. thank you. Mm. I'm in Wixie So was Wicks. he the half-brother of Ian Beale? Oh, the picture of him. Yes, would have been. It's not coming up on the Wixie um, Wikipedia page. But he had a nightclub. So I think he might be getting mixed up. He didn't. I, uh, I swear. <laughs> Anyone can fall in love. He officially settles in New Zealand. Well, I never. Simon May. We were watching... Um, we were watching Howard's Way yesterday in this. Oh, amazing. Simon May was a um, big fan of a melody that was based on spelling out the title. Howard's Way. Way. EastEnders. 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 But Howard's Way is really upbeat. Kind of coda music they had on on uh, Howard's Way that with the guy who's like the quasi bad guy like laughing going really fast in his speedboat around the Solent amazing and but then also sadness because I'm thinking I've got to go to school tomorrow but yes Sunday night isn't it oh horrible yeah Sunday night it has reminded me here that. They were in a band. In, um, yes. He was in a band with. Yes. Yes. Um, do you remember what the band was called? Sharon. Oh. First something. No, they were called the band. B a n n e d. Because they were banned from playing in the. Um, we're gonna get. We're gonna Queen make yeah. something out of nothing. We're gonna turn a spark into a flame. That's what. Whoa, I James. What's that? I, I've, I've dug that. That's what they sang. <laughs> Is that I've dug a, that out from wow. somewhere. I, I, I feel like I can remember so much the stuff of about. The say, for example. The periodic table from when I was at school. Important things that I wish I, wish I knew now. But can I remember yeah. fragments of the song that the East Enders yeah. band? And I've, re- I've got that Howard's Way music so Did you know every loser wind knocked yes. uh, Madonna's True Blue off the top song? Oh, the, um, amazing. It was the second biggest did. thing in, in the UK. Yeah. That year after Don't Leave Me This Way by the Communards. What? Oh, those are the days. Did it. So that's 1986, is it? Or 87? Yeah. Uh, it was um, 86. 
BBC Enterprises. They must have loved that BBC Enterprises. That was filling the coffers, wasn't it? Did you know that um, Simon Way won an Ivan Novello Award for writing the Ever Loser Wins? I'm not surprised. I'm not, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful melody, isn't it? He was probably dec- declared bankrupt like three years later or something, wasn't he? <laughs> That's in keeping with the uh, the message of the song. Yeah. Right, okay, we've we got, we got to get this finished. Yeah. We've got to get this finished. Come on, right? let's okay, so, through. Because fuck right. all happens. So... After calling the police to deal with the prostitute pimp situation, um, basically he blows the a whistle. He doesn't, call, he doesn't ring. No, no, no. no. He, he, he blows. But he's his, already his dealt with him by that point. He's got him pinned yeah. to the ground. With his, he's, got, he's got him pinned to the ground. But the police take the view of the other two, saying, "Oh, he started on us and what have you," and he yeah. gets arrested. Yeah. And this is the thing that I tweeted last night. He basically uh, Holmes goes and springs him out from the cells the next morning. And what I've put is Holmes is cracking up at Watson's pimp-based arrest. Yeah. yeah. Just as they're driving home, he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> Watson, <I know. laughs> you dickhead, you got mates, you got on a job that I sent you on. Well yeah. done, mate. So you you spent the entire night. night. Yeah. Not only in any, it's bad enough, I guess. I've, oh, I pray I never have to spend a night in, in police custody. But imagine, you know, imagine a night in Victorian police custody." And he said, yeah, Christopher Plum is just laughing at him. It seems unfair. Sorry to interrupt, Ross here, just doing a quick plug. Did you know that we do a range of General Witchfinders t-shirts? Go to generalwitchfinders.com, buy a shirt and help support the show. Thanks. But I was, imp- I was impressed every time they were out in the carriage, but the amount of extras. Yes. And, and other carriages yes. they had um, yeah. around I them put and that- stuff. That- but I think Unless I London that- did have that until 1979. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put that this must have cost a fortune, the amount of extras, yeah. stuff like yeah, that, that I they, think, they've got. I in think a, in some times. ways, yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, the main set that we've mentioned does look incredibly expensive and you couldn't make it now. No. Um, no, although at one point, fortune to build. They're at the now. Royal Naval College in Greenwich because I used to live there. Yes, around the, just down yeah, yeah, the road yeah, from yeah, that, yeah, yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. is used in so many films. So, and in Le- uh, Doctor Who's um, Dimensions in Time, I think. It yes, is well. <laughs> that's a classic arc that was. Well, that yes, which is right next door to it, Ross. Yeah. It's, it's literally ten seconds away from it. Anyway, going back to EastEnders, that was an EastEnders Doctor Who. Crossover. It was. Yeah. What year is this, madam? <laughs> <laughs> Jump to his set to an aged, visibly aged Wendy Richards, who yes. who actually in real life was already dead at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> John Pertry. John Pertry. As um, what was his first as, um doctor? As le- Story. Don't worry about that. As <laughs> Leslie Gran- Grantham said, um, TV's Leslie Grantham, she, when he went back, she was the worst wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I'm going to try and Google it now. Oh my god! <laughs> and, he, and, he's, and he's been on Fort Boyard with um, her. Messenger. And a load of French dwarfs. And, <laughs> and Tom Baker. Really? Oh Tom Baker gosh. was up the tower, wasn't he? Doing the, <laughs> doing the, um, the, the quizzes things. I really hope this is the first episode that Mark Gatiss listens to. <laughs> oh, oh, we're so sorry. You need to put oh. this at the start, please. Man's a legend. Anyway. So I've, I've put in Leslie Grantham, the worst wanker. <laughs> Oh, 
almost set me off. Oh, she was carry so, on, she carry was, on. Don't wait for me. She was so tanned. Um, if you look at like, like, the, like a seventies leather couch, but what, what if you look what she looked like when she started, and that, when EastEnders was realistic, and they looked like people from the yeah, East yeah, 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 oh, yeah. So yeah, what yeah, they yeah. wanted up, they just end up becoming like super tan, massive long fingernails. You're listening to the EastEnders cast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Albert Square talk around, or whatever. Anyway, right. So meanwhile, <laughs> me, me, meanwhile, what we have to say is having sprung um, Watson out of jail. Uh, Holmes then manages to locate uh, M- Marie Kelly, who is famously Jack the Ripper's last victim. Mm. Who, or or was it Jack the Ripper? More on that when we get right mm. to the end. It was horribly, horribly butchered. Um, and but what I've put is for the first time in this film, hey, that actually is Clink Wharf, mm. where he meets yes. her. That's the right location. That's actually Clink Wharf. Mm. So yes. just in case anyone, I can't imagine anyone listening to this podcast think after what we've said about this film goes, well, I might watch this. <laughs> but should you ever find it on, look out, that actually is Clink Wharf. They've they've obviously, since they filmed this in the 70s, um, have gentrified it up a fair old bit. But it is the old location of an old London prison, the Clink. That's and it's also featured featured in TV's Doctor Who, Resurrection mm. of the Daleks. Yep. Wow, okay. Yeah, there where you a go. Dalek is, where a Dalek the... is pushed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pushed out of a window or, or door. Good. And what I've noticed is, and I said, bearing in mind what we did last time, that in this scene, Marie Kelly looks like the woman in black. Mm. Yes. Definitely, she's yeah. really pale and drawn in the way mm. that she's dressed. Well, apparently, this bit where they get chased by the carriage, that, this mm. is the only point they use a st- any stunt performance in the film. Wow. Apparently. Well, I've put, it's yet another film where avoiding a horse is impossible. <laughs> talk, talk, talking about the oblong box yeah. where, of course, someone, a, a horse was coming from about three miles away and they couldn't get out of the way. Again, with this, I was like, you could easily get out of the way of that. Anyway, yeah, so a horse and carriage almost knocks them over. Mm. And Holmes realizes, oh, wait a minute, somebody well, wants Holmes this gets dead. Down, doesn't he? he does. Um, and then she basically says, oh, you've got to go and find Annie Crook and you'll find Annie Crook in this asylum. Mm-hmm. So he heads off to the asylum. And now, of course, this is the whole From Hell story. The suggestion that the man who was booed in our opening sequence, Prince Eddie, Queen, you know, Queen Victoria, the heir to the throne, that he had had an affair with a shop girl um, in the East End. He had had an illegitimate child. No, he, he was at Pizza Express. Hey, satire! A little bit, so two bits of satire in one go. Good, yeah. well done, Ross. All right, so, um, so thus giving us our title of the film, it is by the royal decree, the royal order that this woman be neutralised, mm. that her child has been taken off of her, and she has been chucked in a madhouse, which is exactly what happens in From Hell as well. Because in two thousand and four, Richard was referred to as the worst wanker of them all. <laughs> During Leslie Grantham's now infamous web webcam chat, <laughs> with Jason now infamous. to an undercover reporter. Oh. Oh. So that I, I why that I stayed in my head from two thousand and four, nineteen years that she was called the worst wanker of all, the worst wanker of all, James, out of all of them. It's written on a gravestone. Do you know that? <laughs> Oh. 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 <laughs> oh 
deary me. Oh my gosh. I'm also thinking about when they killed off Dirty Den. That's one of the, like, the last but the other times I've seen it when he was killed but shot by that guy with the silencer. Pew! And then. The daffodils, wasn't it? Out of the daffodils, yeah. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I think the subtitle for this episode is Worst Wanker, so I'm going to write that. Worst Oh my god. Right, okay, so at this point, and again, this is also another scene when it seems that um, Christopher Plummer seems to be quite drunk, (laughs) that he goes from being like very calm and loving to suddenly like enraged. Dare you do this to this woman? It goes a bit nuts. Yeah. And what have you. And also, I put, oh my God, it's Genevieve, Genevieve, Genevieve Bujold, who. What is she, Ross? What, what did we say? What she has she been in? Oh, right, lots okay. of like sort of sci fi, horror-y things in the seventies. People Dead Ringers, Coma. Ah, Cronenberg. Oh, really? yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yes. Ross, uh, did, did uh, David Cronenberg's make a? <laughs> did David Cronenberg's son make a film? I was trying to remember the <laughs> name of that film earlier. Because Possessor. 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 <laughs> he did it! He did it, John! <laughs> oh, my God. But I was saying, John, when we used to do this podcast, I used to drink a bottle of wine to do it. Now, yeah. now, now I eat a yoghurt. You know, Good. It's, it's <laughs> Good. It's for the best. Possessor. 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 <laughs> right. Okay, so while Holmes is making his way back, he suddenly realises that, that, that what the deal is and that that um the women that knew that uh that Marie that uh not Marie Kelly that that Annie Crook had had this baby, they were in not- from hell in the comic there, but they you know, they put a blackmail uh claim into the to, to Queen Victoria. Do they mm. make it explicit that that's what they've done here? Well no, because I um, thought that's what I was gonna right. say, that all the way through this film it was like Am I understanding what's happening in this film, or or is it just me thinking of From Hell? Yes, yeah. and just pushing that on top of this because it yes. was, it was, this it was, beige version of From exactly Hell. because it was like it was similar to um, uh, the w- watching um, Women in Black, where it's like I'm not sure how well this is putting across the story because mm. yes. I know the story from from the other version of the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, it was yeah. a very kind of strange experience um, because it, I was always like ahead of what was happening or knowing more about what was happening than they were actually uh, mm. putting across. Maybe like a spiritualist cleaves. Yeah. But, okay, we must we must be near the end of this film now. <laughs> we are, we are. Because then it's now the, the, the Marie <laughs> Kelly murder. Yeah. Um, and all I've just put is crash zooms ahoy. Yeah. Yes. That Holmes figures out that she's, she's in danger and so he's sort of rushing back from the asylum to try and get to her. Whilst meanwhile, the gull standing and the netley standing start to kill, you know, turn up, surprise her, kill her. And there's lots of... Yeah, mm. kind of kind of crash zooms, um, but they're making out like it's a rush to rescue her. But she's been killed already. She's already dead. Yeah, yeah, and they're just yeah. doing a very very long, yes, um, sort of cutting her up. But yes. I, I thought it was quite interesting that it was that they have the, the fire blazing because this is the one where it's famously they 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 had a fire blazing to such a high heat that he mm. burnt the heart on there. Yes, yes that's it, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And mm. I thought that was quite. Um, and I was wondering, oh, is it, Holmes going to get in through the broken window because there was famously a broken, famously win- the broken, broken window, window yes. and everything on that? But, um, but what was there was a whole sort of something going on with that policeman, wasn't it? Our blow up. Um, there was a big revelation at this. Well, point. that's where it oh. starts yeah. to get interesting. Is that he's part of some kind of proletariat yeah. um, conspiracy to get rid of the corrupt establishment? Right. So he was trying was to. Like, oh, 
So this, he, oh, this, yeah. So they were they. Um, <laughs> how he was do how he was going to do that? I'm not quite sure. Well, wasn't he trying to make up make it so the crime wasn't um, solved, so that the the people of Whitechapel would rise up against the police or something? Mm. I, Maybe yes, but I thought if if it was solved, that would mean that that you know. People but, would go to jail. Yeah, and also they can then say it was the royal family who did this. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But then he, he ha- does he get killed on a? He then gets killed by j- one of the Jack the Rippers, which is good. Yeah, and then from there on, it start the the film starts to like get some pace <laughs> and story. But There's a chase he get, he that killed, follows. But does yeah. he get killed on a sword? Because I got on here. Yes. Man impaled on a slid, slides off of a sword. How did they do that? Because it looked really realistic to me. There was a... Yes, it did. But that's that's earlier on where the man in the boat gets run through with the cane. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's it's like a rapier in a, in a cane, isn't it? Where he pulls it out. And... Yeah. I don't know how they did that because it did look like it had gone into his middle, didn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, not sure. So there's, there's a chase then, isn't there? Um, but basically, there like, the, the doctor who was... The, the version of gold which is, is just left in, yes. in the in the room nothing ha- he's kind he's, of like gone insane been, he yeah. looks mad yeah <laughs> and like the, and the netley version is just like running around yes London. he looks like um, yes. joss ackland or someone doesn't he it is, and, and what ackland. i put is these these are very very deserted Whitechapel streets yeah. yeah there's nobody on them whatsoever <laughs> there is that part yeah yeah and ultimately, when they sort of face off, there's there's a, there's a physical altercation between the two of them, and the Netley uh, analog is that or standing is killed by netting. Yeah, he, he he falls into a cargo net weirdly, and then gets his head stuck between, you know, kind of like one of the bits of the cargo net, and then just goes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you could have easily extracted yourself from that. And then is Holmes is just weak... sort of like pointing at it, isn't at it? him. Yeah. Yes. And then and you think, is that put, the end? And then... And, and my note says, my God, still 20 minutes to go. <laughs> yes. Because that feels like the end of the film. Well, no. it does. Yeah, it's like a false it's not the end, end, isn't it? But don't worry, dear listener, we're, this isn't going to take us 20 minutes. Yeah. Because now all that you get is, <laughs> okay, is that Johnny Gilgood turns up to classy this thing up. As, as we said at the start, he turns up as the Prime Minister. Holmes is seen in Westminster with... Or oh, some uh, Masonic Lodge. In, in Westminster with Sir Charles Warren and um, the Prime Minister. And basically he explains the plot to, you know, just so just in case anybody missed it, the whole, here's, here's what I've deduced happened. Mm. Although he hasn't really deduced any of this. Um, and he's like, that's what happened here. And I can't, even though I only watched it last night, I can't remember why they just kind of go, well, okay then. Yeah. Why don't they just let him walk out? And the, why doesn't Holmes yes, decide they to, just to kill him expose there, this? Yeah. 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 I can't remember. But basically, he said, okay. you need to get that woman out of the sign. He said, oh, she's dead already. And then he yes. cries. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's it. That is Murder by the Creek. I was just going to finish off I mentioned it probably close towards the start is that rather than watching this this dreadful dreadful film what I recommend everybody does is that everyone should read The Five by Hayley Rubenhold yes um, it's a terrific book it's one of these things I think I, like, I would have read it in one sitting if 
adult life didn't have to get in the way. I think I've read it in two. And number one, it will make you very, very grateful that you weren't alive in the Victorian era. Yeah. It was a miserable existence. And what she argues is that they probably weren't actually prostitutes, is that that's how they were labeled at the time. And not only that, it's like they are just forgotten by history and that they are people with their own identity. But every single one of their, mm. every, each one of their lives would be a, a film when it's own. Oh my God, like you can't own. believe. Mm. And she also, she doesn't explicitly spells, spell it out, but Marie Kelly, the last the last victim, she escaped from Paris. And apparently, you know, this, this was a regular thing is that, you know, women who were prostitutes were often sort of like press ganged <laughs> to go and mm. be prostitutes overseas. And because they didn't have any mm-hmm. money, they couldn't escape. And she had escaped from Paris and kind of Hayley Rubenhold suggests that well maybe she wasn't actually killed by Jack the Ripper she was it was a revenge killing mm. that the, and I was like oh, okay so you know bear in mind the amount of tosh which once again read from hell dance of the gold catchers the final chapter of from hell where Alan Moore goes on about the fact that there's there's an infinite amount of uh, theories about Jack, Jack the Ripper this is by far the best and I felt mm. it only fitting that I read this bit from it just just to sell it to you today there is only one reason why we would continue to embrace the belief that. Jack the Ripper was a killer of prostitutes, because it supports the industry that has grown, in part, out of this mythology. There's no doubt that the story of Jack the Ripper is a good yarn. It's a gothic tale of a monster on the loose stalking the dark streets of fog-clouded London. It contains suspense and horror, and an element of sexual titillation. Unfortunately, this is also a one-sided story, and the hunt for the killer has taken centre stage. Over the centuries, the villain has metamorphosized into the, into the protagonist, an evil, psychotic, mysterious player who is so clever that he's managed to evade detection even today. In order to gulp and examine this miracle of malevolence, we have figuratively stepped over the bodies of those he murdered, and in some cases, stopped to kick them as we walk past. The larger his profile grows, the more of these victims seem to, seem to fade. With the advance of time, both the murderer and those he murdered have become detached from reality. Their experiences and names have become entwined with folklore and conspiracy theories. To some merchandisers, they are no longer human beings, but cartoon figures whose bloody images can be printed onto t-shirts, whose deaths can be laughed about on postcards, and whose entrails decorate stickers. Is it any wonder that there has been no public appetite to examine the lives of the canonical five when they have never seemed real or of any consequence to us before? So respect to Haley Rubenhold. Read this book. And also, this film is a perfect example of it. It said, mm. the, uh, mm. oh, are you all right there, dearie? <laughs> you know, his his victims, uh, you know, Marie, even Marie Kelly is, yeah. they're just sketches at best. What, one of my, the most powerful bits in that book is they got a list of what was in the pockets of each Oh, of the my God, that's the end. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. It just makes them into Read it. real people. Just... Don't watch this film. Read The Five by Hayley yeah. Rubenhold. Or From Hell, which yeah. is the better version of this. Yes. Stuff. So what what do we think? What are oh. we, we going to give uh, it? Oh, I've already put it on there. Minutes, for the last 20 minutes, I'd probably say two. Mm-hmm. For the Ooh. rest of it, I'd say minus five. So that gives it... If you put that all together, what does that mean? Minus two. Okay. All right. I've put down... I've, I've given it one because as a historical curio and the fact that it said it's like the beige version of From Hell, which mm. I love. So it's just really interesting to see these elements recombined. And I really like Donald Sutherland's house and facial hair. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a one for James Mason. Because I thought he was, there you go. I thought he was a brilliant Watson. I agree. Mm. Uh, I, I agree um, for Christopher Plummer, who's one of my least favourite homes. But, um, mm. to, uh, if uh, not the least favourite. 
I can't think of a worse. Drunk Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Where is um, Robert Disney's... Downey Jr.? Oh, I never watched that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that was uh, Murder by Decree. I can't remember mm. what it was called. Right. <laughs> next. Uh, next. That was quite long. So uh, John James has got a... a um, Something horrific, if you want to yeah. slash about that something spooky. Yeah. I'm going to talk about yeah. it very quickly. We've mentioned her on this podcast before. The Queen of England, as far as I'm concerned. The new PJ Harvey album. Oh, very which good. Is, yeah. I've listened I, to parts of it, but not all of it yet, James. It's really, really good. It, yeah, it's yeah, 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 um, yeah. It's yeah. called Ironside the Old Year Dying. And mm. for those of us, two of us here are born of the Dorset soil. Um, mm. And all I'll say is there's, there's ghosts involved. The Chalky Children of Evermore. Mm. Um, and there's some terrifically spooky stuff in this. And her voice is amazing. And mm. I'm going to see her in September. Yeah, I'm actually get tickets for, for the uh, for the Roundhouse gig. So, mm, yeah, brilliant. just if, if you like a bit of folk horror-y or kind of folk ghosty stuff, it's mm. and also if you just like PJ Harvey anyway, if you like good music, um, it's it's a terrific album. So there you go. Mm. That's, that's, that's well, story. I've got something I can terrific. pop in. Um, I watched in cold blood the other night. Um, oh yes, what the the, the Truman Capote? Uh, no, the the sort of yeah the Truman Capote um, mm. film, but it's, it's the the nineteen sixty yes. something like yeah. that. Mm, Black, 67, I 67, think. Sixty-seven. Yeah, um, I was basically. Do you know um, on Twitter for the Criterion? They got this cupboard, haven't they, with all the Criterion yes, collection with and everything in it. Yeah. yeah, and they let filmmakers go in there and pick their favorite films. And there was someone yeah. on there, and I, I didn't even catch who it was, but he he said that this is the best shot black and white film ever made. So mm. I watched it, and it is amazing. It's amazingly shot. It looks looks incredible. But but it's very very. It was strange to me that what they was really trying to sell how realistic this film was. And if you watch the trailer, they're just saying, this is actually filmed in the house where the murders were Oh my what God, happened. really? They said, when they show the um, the trial, nine of the people in the, in the playing in the jurors are actual jurors from, <laughs> from the actual trial. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking, and, and they were just like showing, and part of the trailer was like showing the actors next to the photographs of the people who actually did the killings to show how yeah, 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 how yeah. much they looked like. Mm. And so they were really yeah. trying to make this as realistic as possible. But I was thinking, yeah. how macabre must it have been to be mm. in making that film, reenacting the killings in mm. the actual rooms where they mm. actually occurred? But I would say it's it's really powerful, um, worth watching, and a really realistic hanging sequence in it, um, oh. which was like. I feel quite uncomfortable watching that. Mm. It, uh, mm. it, yeah, but very good, worth watching. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. On that bombshell. Uh, so <laughs> next time. Oh, what? Oh, what what's next, next Cleves? Okay, gone very loud, Cleves. All right, sorry. Well, you've got a choice. All right, the choice. A is, choice. Yes, because we were going to be watching um, the Innocents. Oh yes. Yeah, um, so that was our or, but we we have been also be talking about maybe watching a Bond film as a mm. Bond film as a horror film. So I got um, uh, I got the fucking lost the bloody page of it on. Flip it, <laughs> flip a coin, flip a coin. No, it's the one with this voodoo one. Live what? and let die. Live and oh, let die. yeah. I, I'd rather watch the sequences than the whole film because live and let die is very boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take this honky outside so, and waste him. Okay, so yeah. should we watch The Innocents? But but then maybe we would do a um, 
if we can find some of the sequences from certain Bond films, we can do that as well. Yes, I'll try and remember what the sequences are because they're quite specific. A couple of them are in Moonraker. Yeah. There's Jaws as well in um, Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, okay. I'll try and think what the sequences are. Just one episode of all of the, rather than one whole Bond. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, but so we'll do the innocence and then do the Bond sequences. Okay, so uh, we're on Twitter, General Witch Numeral One. Yeah. Um, So if we've already had some people um, tweet us some of their uh, horror scenes from Bond films, but if you can think of any other ones, (laughs) tweet us and we will add them um, if we think they're uh, horrific enough. Yes, I didn't agree with any of the ones I read. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but until next time. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening and thank you for enduring this. Well, I, we hope we've made it more entertaining than probably actually the film itself. But thank yes, you, uh, dear listener, as always, for, yeah. for taking time out of your day to listen to this yeah. rambling. Okay. Yeah. Well, happy day. Yeah. You're all That's the worst wankers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to The General Witchfinders. <laughs> Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witchfinders. Subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com. Farewell, and don't have nightmares. Nearly every sentence, John was like, "Oh, yeah," because he was almost like you couldn't believe what the story, what the plot was. There was like this immature turmoil. It was good though. Oh, I love. I I remember not being very nice about that film, but then when I think back about all those films, I'm so fond of them. Yeah, Mm. the red faced man like running in and out of that pub with with the carpet. Yes, (laughs) the crimson hood. Yes. Like cuddling up to harlots and then like yeah stabbing them and it's just very weird. Isn't well, it? there's a scene in um in the Oblong Box which is pretty much in, in this film as well, isn't there? But, They're um, all it, it, yeah. It's, a, it's in all those films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lovely. Oh. Yeah. Who are you looking for? Yeah. Come on, cetera, come, cetera, come, cetera, on cetera. They're all, they're all so Come on with me. I got all my own teeth. <laughs> We're ladies of the night. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've only got two pages of notes because I this oh. was it's such a weird film, mm. and it's, I've it's done a... them on I've done it on a page, and then I've done it on a page. I haven't done it on the other side of the page. I don't know why I've done that. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird film, James. It it didn't get going until its ninetieth minute, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh for fuck's sake! I was skipping, I was skipping, I was skipping. I was like, this is just. I've, Him just talking to the mad woman and oh Jesus! Right, a couple of a couple of my notes keep saying like there's still an hour to go, <laughs> yeah. and still and twenty half anyway. an hour. Yeah, exactly. It's like when <laughs> I did do it in two did two sittings. Okay. Oh wow! Okay, uh, yes. Um, I, it's taken me four days to watch Tenet this week before because <laughs> uh, um, because I'm so busy and I can't sit down to 
I just can't sit down to watch a film because I've got so much. But Chris and the films are so fucking long anyway, aren't they? And it, but it just made it, it absolutely incomprehensible. I had no idea what was happening because it was just like got to the end, and I was like, I've no idea what just happened there because no. hmm? none of it made sense anyway. I think if I watched it in one go, it wouldn't make much sense. But yeah. watching it in four installments, I was like, Who are these people? <laughs> Why imagine, do they care? I imagine having breaks in between it allows your brain to sort of like go, hang on, this this is this is probably totally implausible. Yeah. Whereas if you're watching it, I mean, the first time I watched it, I find a lot of um a lot of films in general now. It's like that's all right, but I'm never going to watch that again. Like when I spoke <laughs> no. um, the new Spider Verse film, I thought this mm, is one yes. of the most beautiful, like yeah. um, insane looking things. There's so yeah. much stuff I'm I'm missing because it's going so fast and it's so packed. With like detail and everything, and and, and I'm yeah. like, I'm never going to watch it again because it's just <laughs> yeah. like it's too way, much, way too fucking long. It's just why yeah. why do films have to be this long? Well, I say that, I, I, and that Oppenheimer is really really good. Oh, I would like. Yes, to. well, that's that's why I was watching Tenet. Yeah. to kind of it's not a sequel. Smooth me in, right? And, and also, <laughs> as 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 I put on Twitter, Prequel. I have now decided. That like if you go into a cinema that's got the reclining chairs, that is the way mm. forward, mm. lads. Because I've noticed this is that when we went to when Kirsty and I went to see Spider Verse Ross, mm. we had the reclining chairs, and then I felt so good afterwards because yeah. my legs <laughs> didn't ache. Have a sleep. <laughs> no, I did have a sleep. I swear I didn't. And it's the same with Oppenheimer. It is kind of like a TV mini series mm. in a really. Mm. Um, you could see it as you know like three hours, three one hour. Uh, series yeah. easy they yeah. could do it like that but you do have to see it in yeah. a cinema the, the sound is amazing yeah. what he's done with the yeah, sound yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he starts freaking out about stuff how they they're like the oppressiveness of, of sound you think well I wouldn't get this even with a decent sound bar up yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, totally yeah. but you're, you're quite right films are too long I would say <laughs> if I was a, a cinema I'd go, we're not going to show any films over 90 minutes long because if you were a cinema, if, Ross, a cinema, if you if I was a cinema, transformed <laughs> yourself into a steel and brick, and people came structure. inside me <laughs> and watched things projected on the ins- inside of my body, yeah. But that's well, true. It, they can't be making money on films that long, you know. For the you can't get sell enough tickets, and it was packed today. Yeah. I know it's the whole Barbie oh, thing was as it well. Really? Like, oh, absolutely I'm, rammed. Oh god, I'm thinking of going tomorrow because I think like a Monday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it's likely to be less busy. Mm. Um, I just thought the weekend would be too much. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, I, I haven't re- been to the pictures for. Can't remember the last thing I saw on a cinema screen. Uh, it might be that about that lady that lived in a motorhome and drove across America. What, or oh, was yeah. it? Um, Ennis Men. Oh, Ennis Men, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it was that. But before that, it was the lady in the camper van that drove across yeah. America. That's is it, Francis McDormand? That was the yes. last thing. Yeah, long time ago. Right. Um, well, talking of films, yeah. I'm rec- I'm recording. Yeah, yeah. We. Well, so. Uh, well. I can remember trying to watch um, the uh, the remember like BBC Four we were doing these sort of like biopics. Yes, uh, and they, yes. There was like a good it was one. on the that was what like, was on the other night. The Frankie Howard one was David Walliard. Well, yeah, but I was trying to watch it streaming, and mm. it just paused on the scene where he was having a wank. And yeah, yeah, and it was just taking fucking eight. I was watching. <laughs> David Wellington yeah. as Frankie Howard having a wank for mm. about twenty minutes, just like, like <laughs> take all this out. 
<laughs> this is disgusting. It's we'll leave it in at the end. Yeah, we might have younger people listening to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what younger person is listening to a podcast when we discuss a Max Bright, Grace, and Frankie Howard? <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You have to take the chance to make it right. And suddenly you're no one Right, everyone. That sounded quite a bit better, insofar as a song like that could sound better. But uh, you'll know my feelings on the song, so I won't go into that. Oh, come on, Harry, stop staring. Things are getting boring. Yeah, belt up. Oh, sorry, all I said was it sounded better. Meaning? Meaning no offence or anything, Wixie. But it just proves my point that since we've got the keyboard sound, we don't actually need you live. What, you mean you don't need me in the band? Right, and let's face it, you do tend to make the odd boo. Look, there's nothing wrong with my keyboard plan, Harry, and you know it. You're oh, trying to make trouble. Oh, for God's sake, Wixie, You're trying to make trouble, so it's my song and not yours. Oh, you? dear, no wonder you never lasted in every other band. If you get this emotional... Oh, why don't you shut up, Harry, eh? That was a trifle unnecessary. Oh, that was a trifle unnecessary. I do love the way you speak, you little poser. Yeah. yeah, you're nothing, you know. You don't know nothing about music, do you? That's why you can't stand having me around. You've got a nasty, sneaking feeling I might just see right through you, yeah? Wixie, we all it's true, true, mate, I do. Because you're nothing with your ridiculous accent. I don't know what you're trying to be, mate, but I'll tell you what you are. A silly little jumped-up public schoolboy, that's what you are. Yeah, Wixie. Plan at being working class. Plan at being a socialist. Plan at being this big pop impresario. Yeah, and you, right, you're supposed to be my mate, ain't you? I've got you in this band, remember? So much for loyalty, eh? And the same goes for you, Kelvin. Look at old Sven Garland out to see what to do, eh? Lick his boots. Well, I've got news for you. The sun does not shine out of his bum. You've been sadly misled, Kelvin. Right, well, it's him on me, right? Because I don't want to work with him. Not even if he goes down on his bended knee. Right. Right. If that's the way you feel, no problem. Have fun with your little band, boys and girls. I'll see you on place. Oh, no, hang on a minute, Harry. Surely we can work this out, can't Come we? Come on, Harry, we need no, you. No, that's all right, that's all right. I'm going. No me, and no keyboard, right? And definitely no song. Because this little song here belongs to me, all right? 